Hey, Explorers, welcome to episode 265 of the TDR Now podcast. We're the first English-speaking podcast focusing on the theme parks in Asia, including Tokyo Disney Resort, Hong Kong Disneyland, Shanghai Disneyland, and Universal Studios Japan. And we're coming to you directly from Japan. You can find us up on our website at tdrexplorer.com and pretty much everywhere else on social media under the same name. I'm one of your hosts, Chris. I am uh, the chief content editor for TDR Explorer, and I have been trying to survive Halloween Horror Nights at Universal <laughs> Studios Japan. And joining, as always, is the wonderful Patricia. Hey, Chris. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm the one baking all the birthday cakes. <laughs> it's why does September have so many birthdays? It's like so strange. I find like September, October, there's a lot of birthdays. There's a ton of birthdays. It's insane. August, September, October, there's a lot of birthdays. I guess not much to do in the winter in the Northern Hemisphere. Maybe. (laughs) 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 Yeah, baking that birthday cake, ringing temple bells, all kinds of adventures. But I am super excited to talk about Halloween Horror Nights because this is, I think, also your favorite holiday. Oh, so good. Good. Yeah, I love it. I love Horror Nights. And sadly, I never got my first Horror Nights wasn't until 2018. Yeah, we didn't go until really late either because in, I wish I had known this before. I know you talk about this now in your latest blog entry, but like it's actually really family friendly and we had avoided it for the longest time because we were afraid that the child would be traumatized because the American one is really scary. Yeah. And it's it a really good balance. So. Well, actually, no, that was a lie. My first experience, I guess, for Horror Nights in the U.S., in Florida specifically, was 2018. But I did do Horror Nights for the first time in 2017. Oh. In Universal Studios Japan. That's when they had, like, the the Nightmare on Elm Street house, the Exorcist house. Oh, wow. They had a lot of stuff. So, yeah, I've been a bit, like, I'm a big horror fan. Like, I grew up, (laughs) it sounds funny. I grew up watching horror films. Yeah. I don't know if I ever told the story about how I got into horror. I think you might have. Maybe on the bonus episode, though. I might have. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll reiterate it here. So I was about seven years old and, you know, just the, that was like in the early 90s. So like most families, we would go to the video store on the weekends, right? We'd go to Blockbuster and rent movies and, and, and stuff like that. So... When I was young, I always, for whatever reason, gravitated towards the horror movie section. Because I always wanted to get something. (laughs) Yeah, they're like, especially from the 80s. Yeah. 80s had like the best horror covers. Uh Uh-huh. And my mother always said no. She she never let me rent them. And I was very persistent. I'm a very persistent person. And eventually my mother caved because I consistently asked her. And I remember this very clearly. I picked up a VHS copy of Friday the 13th, part seven. Oh, wow. And I asked my mom if I could rent it. And she reluctantly said yes. And I watched it and I loved it. And here we are today. I'm perfectly fine. (laughs) (laughs) But looking back at it now, because I asked my mom this, I don't know, five, six, seven years ago. I said, mom... Why did you let seven-year-old me rent a horror film that is rated R where there is graphic violence, 
graphic nudity, and just things that are just not suitable for a seven, eight-year-old. And my mom said she thought that if she let me rent it and I watched it, it would scare me enough that I would never ask again. Oh. And that backfired on her. <laughs> <laughs> and she even admitted that. She said, yep, that plan did not work. It backfired. Oh, my gosh. So I guess uh, for parents out there, it might work. It might not. I don't know. <laughs> I tried to get my child into horror. I yeah. think it just it, it's something that kids will just decide on their own. Because I tried so hard, you know, and, and the child's like, nope, nope, don't like scary movies. Like. No, we tried to make watching uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre like a family event early on because that's pretty family friendly, right? And what? yeah, Texas like Chainsaw for a horror Massacre. movie, I would say that's a pretty family friendly <laughs> horror movie. And, that, well, which version? I guess the original. Well, you know, they're all very brutal. Oh they're my pretty, goodness! It's a pretty about brutal. Yeah, it's a great. Throwing them into the movie. deep end. Oh my goodness! I would have started well with like maybe Jaws. Oh, Jaws is a good one too. I, we did we did show him Jaws early on when we were actually staying at a Universal <laughs> hotel. And no, yeah, he just never like he's okay for doing haunted houses. He's into that, but he is totally not into horror movies, which makes me super super sad to this day. I don't know. I don't know what it is about horror films. Like they don't necessarily scare me. They no, don't. But... Yeah, not really. Like it depends, I guess, on the mood and. Yeah, you know, it's like it, certain it like, like situational things, but I guess like things to do with like spirits and stuff, kind of like that kind of creeps me out. But things with like you know Friday the Thirteenth, Nightmare on Elm Street, Child's Play, like slasher type films, don't yeah. bother me because they're ridiculous, find, right? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're ridiculous, they're over the top, they're kitschy for yeah. the most part. I don't know. I just really enjoy them. Scream is another one. Like I, I, I love all great. of those. Yeah, I love all those films. Yeah, that was kind of the start of my love for horror films. Uh, my mother's parenting fail, I guess. <laughs> and if she's listening, it's fine. It's fine. You're good. You're good. It wasn't a fail. You turned out okay. <laughs> I'm doing okay. Yeah. Yeah, so oof, Horror Nights. So for uh, Universal Studios Japan, this is the first time it's back since 2019, I guess. Welcome back. The first full-blown one. Because last year they kind of had a Horror Nights thing, but... They didn't call it that. Oh, it was just it was just Halloween because it was like one. It was two houses last year, only okay. two. It was Chucky and Gegege no Kitaro. Oh, that's so cute, though. And that was it, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. And there was like the scare zones, but er like the zombies were kind of like in a catwalk kind of formation. Yeah, like you like couldn't get near them, right? Type of thing. Yeah, the social distancing and all that. So it really like it really wasn't horror nights. But this year, it is a full-blown Horror Nights, so to speak. There's almost, only three houses. Almost. Yeah, there's there's some some things missing, but almost so I think there. typically we have, like, five houses? Like, five houses plus, like, the immersive thing, the Hotel Albert-ish experience. Yeah, there's usually, like, a, a premium experience that's extra. And, like, like a um, restaurant experience. The restaurant a experience, show. which is really nice. Yeah. Yeah, so, there, like, there's a lot to Horror Nights, not just, like, in the U.S. where it's 10 houses, well, I guess Florida specifically, I don't know too much about Hollywood, but for Orlando, you know, there's like usually 10 houses, I think, uh -huh. plus food and then the scare zones. Whereas Japan, there's the houses, but not as many. Then, yeah, there's a restaurant, usually an extra experience that you have to pay extra for. That's usually pretty intense. 
and a stage show. They'll usually have a stage show and then food and the, the scare zones as well. But the biggest thing for Horror Nights at Universal Studios Japan is it's included in your park ticket. You don't pay extra and it's every day and you can do the houses during the day yeah. because they open early. Like they, they open in the morning and run until park close. So you get a lot of value in my opinion. I think so. Cause it's more like a theme park event versus like a special like event where like, cause remember in the U S I think the houses change every year. Yeah. And it's like pretty like, it's like pretty you said, serious. it's a lot, it's pretty serious. And it's like a lot like included for the ticket price. So they both offer like a good experience for like a good price. But this is kind of nice because you don't have to buy a special ticket. You don't have to plan for a specific day. You can just show up if you have free time or if you want to go on the weekend with your friends or whatever and go and have a good time, you know? Yeah. Like the only extra thing you would pay for is if you want to get the express pass, if you want to skip the lines. Yeah. Which we, we tend to do. Yeah. So that's really the only extra thing that you could potentially pay for, you know, aside from merchandise or and food. Hotel though, Albert is more yeah. as well. So for this year, there's only three houses. There is the Biohazard, the Extreme Plus, which is the same as 2019, just amped up a little bit. We'll we'll talk about that more. The Cult of Chucky is back. That one's a classic. It's very popular. It's really cute. Cult of Chucky. Yeah. People love uh, Chucky in Japan here. He's very pop, like a popular character. Then we have a new house this year, the Universal Monsters, which is kind of resembles closer to the ones that are in the US as well, but ours is like slightly different from my understanding. And then we have the scare zones and we also have the return of Sherlock Holmes, the curse of the rose sword, which is a stage show. Yeah. And then there's some food and then there's merchandise as well. Cute merchandise. Then on top of all that, there's also a family friendly version <laughs> of Halloween that's on at the same time during the day, which is pretty cool. Yeah. For the family friendly stuff, since there's not a lot of about it, we can talk about that. This year they're not doing it, but usually there's a parade. There's usually okay. like a Halloween parade, but they're not they're they're not doing it this year. On top of that, there's also character greetings. There's a lot of character greetings. The characters come out in Halloween costumes. So this year they have special Sanrio characters, which I, I couldn't find the information on this, but I don't know if it's the first time they showed up in Universal Studios here or they haven't been here for a long time. I don't know, but it's Kudomi and My Melody, and they're wearing special Halloween outfits that apparently have been used in Sanrio Puro Land, I think. Oh, interesting. Which is kind of cool because uh, Hello Kitty exists in Universal Studios Japan. Yeah. Like there's a Hello Kitty like area in Universal Wonderland. So Universal has like an agreement with Sanrio so they can use these characters in, in some fashion. So there's like a this little Halloween like greeting with Kudomi and My Melody. Like they come out and they do like a little song and dance and then Aww. you can take pictures with them, which is really cute. Yeah. It's Kuromi's birthday on Halloween. Is that is that when she was born? Yeah. That's cute. Well, very that's very fitting. That's cute. Yeah. Minions are in their Halloween outfits as well, which is always really fun. And then we have the Peanuts characters, like Snoopy. Charlie Brown, they come out in their not Lucy. What's the what's the girl in the blue dress again? I should know this. Oh, um, wait, is it Lu Lucy? Is it Lucy? 
Oh my god. The black hair girl? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's Lucy. Okay, I was right. It is Lucy. Okay. Yeah, they're they're all in like pharaoh Egyptian, you know, that stereotypical kind of like Egyptian kind of garb. Okay. That's what that's what they come out in. Hello Kitty also comes out like dressed as a devil. A cute awesome. little devil. Yes. Uh Woody Woodpecker and uh Wendy? No. What's the girl's woodpecker? I do woodpecker? not know her name. <laughs> she she does have a name. It begins with a W as well. So many characters. Anyway, she comes out as well. I think they have like little capes or something on. And Sesame Street characters too. They come out. Cookie Monster, Elmo, they all have a Halloween costume. So if you're into character greetings, that's really good. Because they, they come out during the day at the front of the park and also Universal Wonderland. And there's Snoopy food. Like cute Halloween Snoopy food in Universal Wonderland. Aww. And there's trick-or-treating in the park. Nice. So some crew members will have, if you see them have, if they have like a little pumpkin, like a plastic pumpkin shoulder bag, that means they have candy. And you can go up to them and say trick-or-treat and they'll give you candy. Really fun for kids. I think they also have um, like a separate event for kids, like for little kids, like just for them. That's like sectioned off. I don't know if they're doing that this year. Okay. They used to do something like that. I don't think they're they're not doing that this year. Okay. And also they have like a, a safe route. So because everything is open yeah. all day. So after six o'clock, that's when all the zombies and stuff, like all the scare zones open. Yeah. <laughs> so there's gonna be some very graphic things happening. And if you have small children, they may or may not like that. Yeah, it's true. There's always like the the one kid that's like, yes. <laughs> yeah, but for a lot of like, kids, uh, it's trauma. So you might not want to. Yeah. So Universal has thought of this and they have a safe route that goes from Universal Wonderland to the park exit. Nice. So that way you do not have to go through the scare zones. Yeah. So if you're in Wizarding World of Harry Potter, Amity Village, or Super Nintendo World, you can get to the front of the park when you're walking towards the front, go through Universal Wonderland because there's a special route that'll take you right to the front without having to go past all the, the Horror Nights stuff because it's loud too. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's very intense. Loud. Yeah. It's very intense. And some kids may like it, some may not. Like when I was there, you know, of course, there's always families that are unaware of these things happening, right? That it always happens. Yeah. Or they just, they're just like, it's all right. And they just go through anyway. Yeah. Like some, some parents want to see like, okay, how is, how is my kid going to react to uh -huh. this and we'll figure it out. And I was observing and some kids were, you know, they were in strollers and they were just like, they were loving it. They were loving watching these people with like their face falling off and uh -huh. like chainsaws running around. They loved it. And, you know, they had no problem with it, but then there was some, there was some kids that were having complete meltdowns and the parents were like you know grabbing them and like okay we're leaving <laughs> like you don't like this so we're we're going to we're going to harry potter or something you know <laughs> and like when you're walking through the scary area if like there are younger kids i've noticed the monsters do tend to be a bit gentler with them they're like a little less intense yeah they're not know? gonna jump at them. yeah they're not gonna freak them out on purpose you know so no they're not gonna jump at strollers they're not yeah. gonna do anything like that because I don't know how it is in the U.S. for the scare zones. I can't quite remember. But here, they will chase you sometimes. 
Yeah, a little Depending. bit. Sure. There was actually there was one. I wish I got this on video because it was so funny. There was like two girls there. You know, they look like they were teenagers. And this was in the chainsaw gang area. Mm-hmm. They were in the middle of the street and six of the chainsaw people were circling them, holding their chainsaws uh, in the air. Yes. It, it looked like a sacrifice, like a sacrifice is what it looked like. And it was, it was actually pretty awesome. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, for um, the scare zones, they're pretty much back in full force. There's no distancing or anything that like everyone just kind of mingles together but it never felt like uncomfortable because people didn't really crowd like people crowded but it wasn't like people weren't shoving and and, and all that kind of stuff people still gave each other kind of like space which was nice and like vast majority of people just stood on the sidelines and watched from afar and then some people would kind of like you know walk through the middle just to kind of interact with the the scare actors and stuff so it was it was very interesting seeing seeing something like that but i guess too like some of the scare zones are in like near the front of the park so they're you know on the sides there's sidewalks and in the middle there's a there's a clear road oh yeah so people were kind of like i guess like naturally people were kind of staying on the sidewalk and not going on the road unless they wanted to i don't know like when we went it was before covid and it was pretty people everywhere probably the the best thing about Horror Nights is Hamikuma. He is the icon this year for Halloween Horror Nights, and I I hope they keep him around because he's a very popular. popular. Yeah, especially for merch. Like he started out as just a teddy bear that was in the gothic idol zombie area. Mm -hmm. So like that area was all like, if you're familiar with Japanese idol like idol groups, it was girls dressed up like zombie girls dressed up like, you know, cute little outfits and stuff. But of course, you know, covered in blood and ripped and everything. And they had their faces mangled and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. They're really cute. Yeah. Like they were cute, but disgusting and disturbing at the same time. So anyway, there was this big teddy bear that would always show up because, you know, it's, you know, it's cute. And he just kind of got a cult following. And so Universal seemed to notice that. And put him front and center this year. Yeah. So he has his own like little stage show called Hamikuma Psycho Circus. He's like front front and center on the stage, and then all like the the leaders of the different scare zones. So each scare zone has one leader. Mm-hmm. So there's only one of them that are like roaming the area. So there's like this like Dracula or not Dracula, but like Phantom of the Opera kind of looking person. And then there's like a vampire woman and like people like that. And mm-hmm. so they all show up for the stage show because of Hamikuma. Yeah. And they just have like this dance show dance party thing. Uh-huh. And they also do the the stupidly catchy Ratata song yeah. by the Jay Soul Brothers. That song is so infectious. It's so fun. It's yeah. There's a dance to it and everything. It's it's really good fun. And Hamikuma, they have merchandise of him this year the first time they've had merchandise for him and it flew off the shelves. Mm-hmm. The little plush keychain was selling out in the morning every day. Yeah. They cannot keep it stocked because people want it so much. There's also like, there's a big cushion of him that doesn't seem to sell out. And there's, there's a t-shirt with him on it that seems to sell out. And also like a little Omiyage 
rubber pouch that's shaped like him that has chocolates inside. Mm-hmm. That also seems to sell out too. And so like Hamikuma, so Hami is like short for Hamidasir, Hamidasu, which means to like to hang or to spill out or to protrude. So if you see a picture of Hamikuma, he has candy coming out of his guts. Like his guts are candy. Yeah. So he has like this big slit across his stomach and you see like a lollipop and like other candies that kind of look like his, his insides are all just kind of like dangling there. And like one of his eyes too is <laughs> dangling. <laughs> and he has like these gigantic claws. Like he's cute. It's really cute. But... It, it reminds me a lot of Gloomy. Do you remember Gloomy like in the early 2000s? It, re- it reminds me a lot of that. Like that kind of like... I don't character. It was like this character that was like the idea was it's like a mix of that character and I guess with Halloween candy because like Gloomy also had like these giant claws and was pink if I remember. I think there was also a black version. They had these giant claws and there was like a kid that had found Gloomy like abandoned in the forest and so he raised Gloomy but Gloomy was like a wild bear so Gloomy would attack him and try to eat him and so he had blood dripping from his mouth. Oh, I br- I just brought it up. Okay, now I remember. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, I, I remember seeing this bear. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of that, like the overall design, but like Halloweenified. I think uh Universal Japan, they they hit the nail on the head with this one. Like they nailed it. Like it's very it's very Japan. Like people here they know the audience here and it works. People love Hamikuma. I love Hamikuma. All hail Hamikuma. <laughs> I want them to stay around. They're really, really good at picking up on teen trends. Mm-hmm. They're really good at that. Like they know what the young people want and what's popular, and they really hit on those trends. And it works for them. It really does. Of course, yeah. Like, they're very smart when it comes to this stuff, and it's just it's it's wonderful. It really is. We should talk about the houses. Yeah. What was your favorite? Resident Evil. Like overall. Resident, the Resident Evil one, the Biohazard house. It's not the scariest, but I think it's the most fun. Yeah, because there's a lot. It, there's a lot that happens. The scariest though is definitely Chucky. That one, always, that one has like the most jump scares, and it's kind of like it's a little more in, not intense. It's just it's unsettling. I guess it's more unsettling. And the Universal Monsters is just kind of in the middle of the road. I don't really particularly find Dracula or the mummy or werewolves all that scary. You know, I just, they're classic monsters. So I don't particularly find them all that scary, but cult of Chucky. So this is the same one they've done for a few years now. And I'm convinced that they don't take it down because it's in Uh. the same building every year. And I don't think anything else ever goes in that building. Oh, maybe when you, Enter University of Japan, you go straight, uh-huh. and then you turn left at the, the 4D theater, and you just continue on that, that way past the Passholder Center, mm-hmm. and back like behind there, there's two buildings. The one building is always whatever cool Japan or like whatever special interactive thing that they're doing yeah. is. So right now, I think it's it's Monster Hunter, and it's going to switch. I think it's switching over to... Oh, no, it's staying. No, it's Monster Hunter. Jujutsu Kaisen is going in the 4D theater. Mm-hmm. That starts like tomorrow or something. Um, anyway, 
the other building is always Chucky. I don't remember going in there for anything else. Yeah. I think they just I think they just leave it up, honestly. I wouldn't be surprised if they just left it up, you know? I mean, speaking of Jujutsu Kaisen, if that's starting during the Halloween Horror Nights, it's also kind of really fitting for Halloween, right? Yeah, because it's like demon Cur- curses and, and all that curses stuff. Curses and stuff, yeah. So it, it makes sense. And Jujutsu Kaisen is very popular right now. It's very hot. Yeah, yeah. It's really fun. Popular anime. The Chucky, yeah, Chucky is, it's the same one. Without ruining it, the ending always gets me every single bloody time. <laughs> We it's came very out, gory. Like, laughing. Yeah, it's really fun. It's really fun. It's pretty gory, like much more gory than I thought it would be for Chucky. Because like Chucky, I don't particularly think of as gory, right? Like the, the films itself. But the house is pretty like, oh, oh, like I'm talking, you know, not just blood and guts, but also bodily f- fluids, <laughs> bodily matter. It's yeah, it's very unsettling. <laughs> <laughs> but I love it. It's great. It's a, it's a really great house. So it you know is. what? Don't change it. It's good. It's a good no, house. No, change Don't it change though. It. Like I want a new version of it. I want to see what other grotesque things they can think of. At the bride in this time. Yeah. Not her. I want to see her. She is in it at the end. When you leave, she's there. She doesn't really do much. She's just like, it's an animatronic that's there, which is still pretty cool. Universal Monsters. The cool thing I like about this one is... I didn't realize this. A lot of people don't know this. You're put into groups when you go through these houses. Mm-hmm. So you don't go by yourself. So like if I if I go in line for like Chucky, I'll be grouped up with like seven other people that are in the line. So it's all like groups of people. So you don't, you not, you're not necessarily alone going through these. Is the US different? I think it's like if you're in a group, you go with your group. If you're by yourself, you might go by yourself. I don't, I've only done it once. I don't really know. So maybe, maybe that's why people are asking. I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. sure. Like, I mean, it would make sense to put people in groups though, because like, if not, it would be really time consuming. Especially for timing. Yeah. One thing I did find with the Chucky house was, and I, I don't think it was anything with, to do with the team members or the crew members. Mm-hmm. It was more like the groups they put together. Some of the groups were moving too slowly. Yeah. You know what? Now that you mentioned that, the one in FujiQ, FujiQ, FujiQ is not by groups. You do go by yourself. You can't go by yourself because it has to be a minimum of two people, but whoever is with you only. So maybe, yeah, that's actually a good point. So maybe other places it's more like that. And you have to, like, they tell you that, you know, to not drag out too much, like, because you, there's people like, in front of you and behind you you have to kind of like keep that in mind so yeah so like if the groups in front a group in front of you isn't moving fast enough then you might see like some of the jumps and stuff jump scares Uh some of the things as like they reset you know because they're they're scare actors and stuff and they have to like go back into their hiding spot or whatever right yeah you might see that so that happened once with chucky because the group in front of us was for whatever reason they were being silly like it was a group of teenagers yeah and they're being overly dramatic mm-hmm. and blah blah blah. She's of like, course. just keep moving. It's like, <laughs> you guys, come on. <laughs> this isn't real. It's fine. Anyway, Universal Monsters. The cool thing is the person in the front of your group gets a uh-huh. lantern, and this lantern interacts with the room that you're in. Yeah. So, like one room, it'll be just like a normal light. The room with the with Dracula, the light turns red and it pulsates like a beating heart. 
I have a question about the the monsters. Is it like really retro style? No, they're very grotesque. Okay. Like retro grotesque or like modern grotesque? Modern grotesque. Like, All right. You know, like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, mm-hmm. how the vampires have like the, the folds on their face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything yeah. like that. Yeah, so kind of like that. All right. The, the the female vampires have like that that you know where the, it looks like their mouths are cut like the side of their mouths are cut oh nice and they have like a wide mouth like kuchizake ona yeah 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 so like that's what the female vampires in there look like so you know like they're oh. pretty grotesque the one part that really gets me though which I do not like I I'll be honest I did not like this it was very unnerving and just like maybe very like my heart was pounding you get to this one part. Then it's a long dark hallway, and you see a mirror at the end, and there's mm-hmm. a monster that comes towards you, but it's in the mirror. Uh-huh. And he like it's coming towards you pretty quickly, and then your light cuts out and you're in pitch darkness. Uh-oh. And you have to walk down this hallway in darkness. <laughs> so you're walking, and then of course there's a jump scare. Yeah. And like the lights turn on, and just like I did not like I did not <laughs> I didn't like that. I didn't like that. It got me. It got me. It was good though. I didn't like it, but it was good. Props to them for that. <laughs> then the biohazard one. So this one was the same as 2019, but it's the extreme plus. So they added more scares to it. And I cannot tell you what those extra scares are because the last time I did this was 2019. Mm-hmm. The premise of it is all the same. There's two, it's it's effectively two houses. Yeah, pretty much. Resident Evil. So I guess you know, if you want to be technical, there's four houses. Because Biohazard's two. Yeah. You get to pick Leon or Claire. And depending on which side you pick, it's a different experience. So, like, the, the scares are different. Mm-hmm. And without giving too much away, you do see those characters depending on the side you pick. Yeah. They do make an appearance. There's a there's video game elements to it, too. Like, there's a code that you have to figure out. Oh, my God. Because at the end, there's, like, this chest. And you have to input the code. Yeah. It's pretty easy to figure out if you pay attention, but I guess it is kind of intense because you're kind of guided through like the police station. I have a question. Have you ever survived? Yes. <gasps> Lucky. We, oh my we got SS. We got an SS. What, score. what happens when um, you survive? Because we our, our teams all always died. I'll get to that in a second. So you're kind of guided through the police station, uh-huh. the Raccoon City Police Department. By you know other actors in in the house and like they're kind of intense. They're like, you need to hurry. Let's go. Let's go now. Yeah. And they'll tell you that, but then two zombies will come after you down the hallway. Uh huh. So like it makes it like pretty intense. Like, yeah. Everything's like really fast paced. Like okay, we got to go here. Okay, get in here. Close the door. Okay, we need to look for a clue. And you know you're frantically looking around, and then all of a sudden zombies start coming in again. Like okay, ah! we got to go. Start going down the hallway. And, the liquor shows up a couple of times uh-huh. and then there's, you know, the part with the, you know, Leon or Claire, they show up for something. I'm, I won't tell you what. And then you get, get into this room and it's like, okay, did you find the code? We need to open this chest. And then someone in the group has to go and do it. And then you go into like another room and there's a video game element uh-huh. with some guns. And I won't tell you what happens with that, but there's guns involved. So think video games here. Is the chest element not new? Because I feel like it might be new. I don't remember. I don't remember that when we were there. Like what we kept getting was before the the gun part, 
was that you had to do a certain thing timed and they would always pick us. And I'm like, it was so stressful. Cause I'm like, oh, we're going we're gonna to mess it up. And, and we kept dying. And I'm like, was it our fault? <laughs> you know, Like, did we not time it right? So maybe the chest is kind of like what replaced that? Probably. I would say so. Yeah, I don't quite remember. Yeah. And then once you get to the end, you're like escaping from Raccoon City underground. Uh-huh. And then that's when you, the, the screen will tell you if you lived or died and then gives you a score. Oh. So it's, it's much more involved. It's a much more involved experience. Uh-huh. And I love that. It's super fun. I've been in groups where we got the chest and we did the, the, the gunning part pretty good and we got SS. But also I've been in parts where we got the chest and we did the gun part not that great. And then we ended up dying anyway. No. And there was parts where we didn't get the chest but we ended up living, but our score was lower. Okay. So I'm not really 100% sure how it's all determined. But either way, it's pretty fun. That's easily the my favorite out of them. Does something different happen when you win? No, it's just a screen that says, you survived. survived. <laughs> and, like different music plays. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, because it's really diff- depressing. It's like, you're dead. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'm so sad. It looks exactly like the game. Like, you're dead. You're dead. Like, oh. Cool. Okay, all right. Great. <laughs> and then there's also there. So right across the way is Finnegan's and they have a biohazard plate. Like they have two biohazard drinks and a plate. Nice. Like a meal thing. The two drinks, you can get them alcoholic or non-alcoholic. So 800 yen or 900 yen. One is the T-virus mutation drink. And it's like a strawberry, like puree type of drink. Mm-hmm. And there's also Chris, Chris Redfield drink that has like, it's pretty busy in terms of the aesthetic it's like inside it's coke and then like on the outside of the 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 glass it looks like there's blood like splattered across it okay on the bottom is like blue raspberry syrup and on the top it looks like everything was burnt so there's roasted marshmallows and a burnt wedge (laughs) of lemon slice of lemon on there okay it was very involved was it good I mean, it tastes like Coke and raspberry. It wasn't really anything that spectacular uh-huh. in terms of the flavor, but the presentation was good. Okay. I did prefer the T-Virus one better. All right. It was like strawberry uh-huh, uh-huh. with like, I think there were seeds in it. The flavor was better, I guess, for that one. Okay. Yeah. You know, like Coke and raspberry. I mean, with the marshmallows and everything, it sounds like really busy, you know? Yeah, it was. it was a very busy drink. And then there's also, there was the Raccoon City, like, police department plate. Yeah. And it came on, like, this big metal plate. <laughs> and the beans came in, like, a metal like metal bowl. So it almost looked like something you fed to prisoners. <laughs> I, I kind of love it. I kind of love the aesthetic of it. And it came with roast beef, baked potato, a salad with shrimp on it, macaroni and cheese, baked beans, and, like, a seafood minestrone soup. And a loaf of bread that was in like this sleeve that said Raccoon City to Police Department on the front and on the back it said Biohazard, Universal Studios Japan, Halloween Horror Nights. It was good. It was like the food was quality. You know, yeah. for 3,000 yen, it better be. I feel like the, like the different elements are like, yeah, this is American. Throw in some beans, throw in a potato and a piece of bread, <laughs> some mac and cheese. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's America, right? <laughs> I don't think they'd be serving that to prisoners in, <laughs> in jail, but anyway, 
what made this special was there was this little vial that looked like the green herb from the game. Yeah. So like this little vial that was filled, like we asked her, like, what is this oil? And she said, it's a surprise, which doesn't help. I guess if I had an allergy and I told her, <laughs> she would have told me. But yeah. before we ordered, she asked if we had any allergies. Yeah. So I said no, which I don't. But anyway, it was, it was basically like oregano and basil with olive oil. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was very green. And then they had like rosemary. Mm-hmm. Is that what that is? Rosemary? It looks like a, it wasn't mint. It looked like a, I don't know. It wasn't big. It was a big, long herb, whatever it was. Anyway, so it, it looked like the green herb from the game. And we were told that you put it on your, like, eat the food, for like, have some bites from everything first. Then pour the oil on the food because it'll change the flavor. And some of it will be good. Some of it won't be so good. <laughs> and we asked her, like, well, what won't be good? And she said, that's half the fun. Uh... <laughs> like, oh, okay, cool. Spoiler alert, the baked beans were terrible <laughs> after putting the oil in. It just didn't, like, the flavoring just did not work. <laughs> it was not good. Like, the beans were good by themselves because uh-huh. there was actually there was bacon in it. Okay. So it was good. But once you put that oil in it, it just, it changed the flavor and it was just, like, ugh, not good. Everything else was fine. Like, I don't know, just, like, made everything a little more herby, I guess. Yeah. But overall, it was pretty good. And just, oh, and it, oh, I forgot. The drinks? Guess what the drinks came with? You can probably guess. Um, Either a syringe or a vial. No. Something collectible. Oh, a coaster. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they both a coaster. There's always a coaster. Yeah, one, the T-Virus came with the umbrella symbol coaster. And the Chris Redfield one came with, like, his emblem from one of the other, from one of the more recent Resident Evil games. So that was pretty cool. There's other food. I didn't get to try any of it, though. And it was all themed after Universal Monsters. So there's two churros that were themed to the Bride of Frankenstein and the Countess. Then there was two curries. One was Dracula and one was Werewolf, I think. So one was like a green curry, like a seafood green curry. And the other one was a butter chicken curry. And then there was um, there was another food item. I don't remember what it was. And then there was also a Frankenstein hot dog, which makes a comeback because I was there last year. So it was like this big Frankenstein hot dog with like a lot of green stuff on it. The bun was green. There was green sauce all over <laughs> it. It was just very green and it's pretty big. Then merchandise for the merchandise, they had biohazard merchandise. It wasn't all that great, to be quite honest. What did they have this year? They had like a button up shirt that was like the Raccoon City Police Department, mm-hmm. um, a T-shirt that said biohazard University of Japan on it. And it had like logos of like the different police departments and like different groups from the game. Yeah. Which was like, mm, I don't really care for that. They had like some charms with like, you know, the, the umbrella symbol. They had a pass case, which act, which was kind of cool. I, I was going to buy it, but I didn't, I didn't end up doing it. It has like the, the emblem of the raccoon city, the police department was on there. Mm-hmm. Then they had some Universal Monsters merchandise, which is all like really cute stuff. So like kind of caricature versions of the Universal Monsters, like very colorful. Mm -hmm. Then the Chucky merchandise made a comeback, the same stuff they had for years. You know, there's the t-shirt, there's the pass case, there's the jewelry set and all that. Then for the kid merchandise, or like 
family friendly stuff. There's there's a bunch of minions. I think it's called Minions After Dark, which you know they were dressed up as like vampires and werewolves and stuff. It was really cute. Probably the cutest stuff though was the Snoopy merchandise. Oh yeah, the Snoopy merchandise was so good this year. So every year, because Horror Nights didn't start until 2013 here, every year they do Snoopy in a different Halloween outfit. So since 2013, he's a, he's been in a different outfit every single year so this year he's in like this he's in a bed sheet but with like a drawn on like ghost face on it and it's really cute it is adorable and they actually they sold a pin set of snoopy so there's a snoopy for the last 10 years Mm -hmm. and he's in his outfit for that particular year so 2013 14 15 and so on He's in his different outfits, which is really cute. One of my favorites ones is he's a bat and he's upside down. (laughs) So he's like, he's hanging, which is really fun. They have like a t-shirt and pretty much everything, like all the standard stuff that you've, if you've been listening to our podcast for a while, like you, you know, you know, the type of merchandise to expect stationery, socks, headbands. There was some clear files, masking tape, all that stuff that everybody loves to buy here overall there there's a lot for horror nights yeah it sounds really fun you definitely need to go at some point i'm i'm holding out for hotel albert i want to do that and i want to do the course dining yeah i don't blame you i don't blame you on that one it's really good and hotel albert actually i think my son is old enough to do it now so because there was an age restriction so it'll be like extra fun oh yeah for the the houses to 12 and under aren't allowed. Oh, yeah. In. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. There's an age restriction, which, fair enough, the stuff is pretty intense, pretty gory. You're not going to take your five-year-old through these. Through <laughs> these. Yeah, and it, it's running until November 6th, mm-hmm. which is, you know, a good, a good chunk of time, like two months, almost two months. Yeah, not bad. Just in, And then it switches over to Christmas. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're in Christmas like the next week. It's like, oh, here's the tree. It's like, okay. <laughs> We've actually started working on the tree already. Like oh, my God. They should like make a Halloween off. tree. Right? Right? They need to do that. Come on. Get Speaking on value at Universal. Christmas and Halloween. We'll talk about <laughs> Halloween at Disney in the next, the next podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's happening. Is They're not really doing much. Something's happening. I saw some merch today on the Instagram, but I don't know what's happening. Well, uh, thank you, Explorers. If you want to support our show, remember we have our Patreon, and we have different levels that you can uh, get different perks and stuff, like our our fifteen dollar level where you get uh, an extra bonus episode every single month, and we have a huge back catalog for those. So there's a lot of content there, like four or five, six years worth of content, extra content. So if you want to support us there, head on to Patreon.com/tdr now, and. We're going to thank some wonderful folks for supporting the show. So a big thank you to Acro Disney Girl, Adam, Amanda C, Amy B, Amy C, Mama Explorer, Benjamin, Brent M, Carrie, Chris B, Claire, Claudia, Dave, David, Baker, Kevin, Shani B, Harry, and Marina. And thank you to Jamie, Jose, Kathy, Lee, Marie H, Michelle, Murray, Sophie, Spoopy, Thomas, Kay, Alexandra, Lizzie, Amy, and Andy, Dana, Cassandra, Annie, Sonia, and... Is it WW or like the Wada Wada <laughs> Mark? <laughs> WW. <laughs> Double W. And remember, rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Spotify, wherever you're listening to us from. 
And you can find everything we talked about here up on our website and also on our YouTube channel. So if you want to check out, if you want to see these things, yeah, head over there, all under TDR Explorer. And I'm one of your hosts, Chris, Chief Content Editor for TDR Explorer. And I am going to, I don't know, have nightmares about walking down that dark hallway because oof, darkness freaks me out. That's probably one of the few things that freaks me out is pitch black. That I, oh, it's unsettling. It's, you don't know what's in there, right? Do not. Well, I do now, at least in that house. And joining as always is the wonderful Patricia. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch horror movies now. I'm like in the mood. I'm so excited. You guys <laughs> let us know what you're doing to celebrate Halloween. Are you going to uh, horror nights at any of the universal parks? Are you going doing Disney stuff? Are you doing like local haunted houses? Let us know and tell us. Our right, explorers, we'll see you in the next episode. Bye.